0: This is Mindful Grooving. We're just a couple of performing arts nerds who put the team in STEAM and the STEAM in STEAM, not STEM. Also... The extra M in STEAM for mindfulness. We're just some nice Midwestern girls currently based in Los Angeles, truly using the pod to stay in touch with all of our amazing maker friends, community members, and anyone who has insight on mindfulness, creativity, and how we meld the two. We also run a business together.
1: We are a digital media communication consultant, Term, which is just a fancy way of saying you can run us by the quarter to be your admin assistant with a whole lot of initiative opinions and a roadmap to the next phase of your business organization club your, i don't know what this is yet but it's cool and i love it thing or whatever you have going on that you want to see grown and established Any
0: anyhoozles on mindful grooving we chatted up with either just us or oftentimes a special guest Either way, each episode comes with its very own mindful groove. That's a custom exercise that's facilitated by us and our freaking fabulous
1: buds.
0: Come check us out every week
1: on Thursdays. Yeah, Thursdays. We'll commit to it. Timeliness, we're working on it. <laughs>
0: Come check us out when you want to shoot the breeze with us and let's groove, baby. Hey,
1: hey, hey. We have. The- Two special guests today, and they're here to get your financial life together. Millennials, Woo. millennials,
0: zoomies,
1: boomies,
0: x yes, creatives.
1: I just like imagine going to a networking event.
0: I am a creative, and that's my job. I, I mean. What's wrong with
1: that? You know? It sounds, nothing's wrong with it, but it sounds funny to me. It's like someone, it's like that episode of New Girl where the guy's like, I'm a web creator. And I'm like, yeah, that's technically a thing.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, um, it does remind, make me think of when you do go to like a party with uh, traditional roles, let's say. And you enter with your non-traditional role and, uh, and they're, you know, they're trying to relate to you, but they're not quite sure how to relate to you because it's not a nine to five standard, you know, or when you, my, my fun one was uh, when I first moved here, it was like, oh, you don't like trying to give me job advice but I don't fit the mold. And it's like, cool conversations. Anyways, rambling. Uh-huh. <laughs> Unlisted. Oh, you so. know. Oh, you know. So anyways, I'm um, excited to have this conversation, to share this conversation with everyone, um, with Celeste and Lorraine, just to talk about, you know, financial Financial, financial world, a relationship yeah. with your finances, and how to have a more mindful relationship with your finances. So yeah, so Hope let's just great. stop
1: talking about it because neither of us are an expert
0: on that. We are not. Celeste expert. and Lorraine. And Lorraine. Bow, bow, bow. Hey hey hey!
2: All right, we're officially recording.
3: Doop.
0: woo. All right.
3: Well, welcome. Hello. Thank you Hi. for having us. Thank you for having us. All right.
0: <clears throat> do you want to do like a formalized intro Brittany?
3: How about
1: since these are your guests, your connects, you tell us who we have today.
0: Oh my gosh. Okay. Celeste, what is your last name? I realize I don't know it. Sanchez?
3: No, it's Chavez Frank. Chavez. Okay. But Sanchez is good. I don't
0: know why. Along the same She's lines. like,
3: yeah. Or whatever. Uh, yeah, okay.
2: <laughs> hold on. That's a very common last name in Dominican Republic. So,
0: Are you from okay, the DR?
2: So...
1: Yeah. Oh, hey. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's oh, why God. you love to dance. My, my, yeah. One of my it's like dancers nap. slash just people in general. <laughs> oh, he's from New York, but he's from the DR. And oh, I'm yeah. always begging him to teach me all of
2: his hip-hop knowledge. <laughs> I know. You, like, growing up in DR, it's like you have to learn how to dance merengue and then salsa. Yes. And bachata. If you don't do that, then you're you're out of society. Like, <laughs> like, like a defaulted thing that is suspected. Yes. Memo to, me,
1: memo to me yeah i was watching <laughs> i was watching this thing where just like random tiktok videos and there's this like young black man he's like can we normalize uh black people not knowing how to dance then like cuss to <laughs> someone else is like no we cannot <laughs> you won't figure it out <laughs> absolutely
0: <laughs> um, <clears throat> Okay. Before I get into, it, I have like a formalized title for Lorraine. Celeste, you want me to like Lorraine says senior accountant at an asset management company. I'm
3: the same. <laughs> okay. We have the same title. Yeah.
0: Okay. All right. Well, here I go. You ready? <laughs> All right. Um. Hello, and welcome to Mindful Grooving. My name is Sarah Meslinka.
1: And I'm Brittany Harlan.
0: And today on the pod, we have Celeste and Lorraine, um, both are senior accountants at an asset management company specializing in U.S. international and global equity portfolios.
1: Woo! i to wait for you guys to a-
2: <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for having us, guys.
1: Yeah. Thanks for, being here. Thanks for being here. Yes. Thank you. On a Sunday morning. We appreciate it.
3: At my early coffee Saturday. Shot.
0: Saturday. <laughs> Saturday. How many? Uh, so Lorraine has had espresso shots. You Dude. have what kind of a caffeine are you drinking, Celeste?
3: It's an iced tea.
0: Ooh.
3: yeah. It's a passion tea.
0: Curveball i'm just drinking like <laughs> regular auto drip Brittany,
1: uh, how many cups of coffee have you had today none i'm drinking yerba mate today Ooh. that's equally as good Absolutely. yeah same same <laughs> caffeine pump all right now that we've all reported our caffeine, caffeine intake for the day for <laughs> um celeste and lorraine uh, um whoever wants to go first or you know just let us know what the gist of your position is, uh, just to start, just a general idea of what you guys do day to day. How about we start, start with, with uh, yeah, Celeste, or Lorraine. <laughs> Lorraine, yeah. <laughs> okay. uh,
2: me. Um, sure. So as we mentioned before, I work on an investment management company, um, pretty much my day to day is to work with the team and just making sure that that financial data is accurate. Um, part of that is also um, just reviewing financial data, um, making sure that we're reconciling properly, that the team is in a good place as well, um, and that's it overall.
3: And awesome. Just to echo what Lorraine said is, I do um, a lot of the preparation. Um, and just making sure that our data is correct to present to our financial data is correct to present to, uh, you know, the board at the end of the day and the partners. Um, and then I also am on our DE&I council at work. So, um, I spend a lot of my days, a lot of time in my days, I guess, or a lot of my days, um, just really getting connected with DE&I. And what does that mean? And then what does that mean for the organization? So that's what. Yeah. So DEI,
1: I, diversity, equity, and inclusion, right?
3: Council, yep. Awesome. Fairly new. I'm fairly new to it, um, but I'm very passionate about it. So, uh, so yeah. So I apply that in my everyday too. <laughs> awesome.
1: Yeah. And then what kind of clients are you working with? Is it kind of business
3: to business? Any individuals? Yeah, so we have um we have uh, across the spectrum. So okay, whether nice. that's like, you know, people's 401k's and pensions to high net worth clients, it's all in between to to you know, your 401k <laughs> if you had that option. So Definitely. Okay. So what I'm curious to
0: know um you know, I guess I'll take a couple steps back is that every time I see uh, an accountant portrayed in like a movie uh, or a TV show, they're kind of portrayed as <laughs> sort of this like nerdy, like, I don't know, they just like, kind of always the butt of the joke. Um, but just because obviously Nick, my partner is an accountant, I'm like around it and I see the complexities of it and just like how much goes into it. So what interested you guys in this career path? Like why get into the world of, of, you know, financials?
2: I am like, so happy that you're saying this because I feel like there's this myth about accountants that we are meant to be boring we're meant to be um dressing or suit a certain way and I have to say I've met the most creative and wildest individuals through my like accounting career <laughs> like you oh, well, the corporate is so
1: wild yeah
2: oh, <laughs> absolutely absolutely <laughs> but like the fact that you're saying that it's like it's such a like standard like idea of what accountants should do or behave or or portrayed um but I think for me it kind of all started through my mom she she went through econ like she she's an economist and um seeing her path um she kind of like was the one who guided me through going through a program that will give me a larger spectrum of how companies will work I think I was always kind of interesting of like how businesses operate um, and how to understand how that worked. Um, so I went through the program and I realized, okay, I guess I'm good at it. And there was always an area from, you know, accounting that I was always curious to explore, which was, you know, the audit perspective of it. And that was when it gave me a lot of exposure to see how different industries and, you know, different type of companies and how they work, excuse me, how they work. Um, so yeah, I think that's how I got introduced to accounting. Um, I did a little bit of what they call public accounting, which was like, you know, audit and services, it's a spectrum of all different services, but my focus was in audit. And that was a lot of, um, long nights. I have to say mm. pretty rough, stressful job, but it did give me a lot of exposure to the areas that I wanted to be more adventurous about.
1: Um, yeah cool what about you Celeste
2: mine's a a lot
3: different (laughs) I actually um, so when I was 18 I started my own business so I had my own house cleaning Mm. uh, business in San Diego and it was very very successful Um, and I was making a lot of money um, and I was like what do I do with all this money (laughs) how do I manage it problem (laughs) Um, (laughs) Uh, but I really valued my education over any dollar that I made, to be quite honest with you. So um, yeah. I was going to community college at the time because I was in a a, a really bad car accident. So I had to be in San Diego. Um, and so I've kind of decided like, hey, I kind of learn this, you know, for my for my business. Mm-hmm. But I'm really passionate about OBGYN. I really want to be a doctor so oh I was always goodness. conflicted. <laughs> so I went didn't. to school for bio, yeah, for biology, um, and I'm actually two courses away from being, um, from being pre-med, um, oh, and, wow. but then I, <laughs> yeah, so, uh, but I was double majoring in business administration, so um, my last semester in college, I took a finance class, and I, it just clicked. I'm like, this is, where I need to be my teacher was like you need to stop answering questions he pulled me aside he was like you need to stop answering questions in class you're not giving other people <laughs> the ability to process the information and I'm like what that's not fair my problem too. exactly so um and I had moved up to LA at that time um and was studying at Whittier um and so that's kind of where I fell into accounting, but I think the hardest part for me was how do I get into accounting when I studied biology? Right. So Uh. um, there was a lull before I started my career and I actually started in a business management firm. Um, So I did the opposite route of Lorraine Um, and I went private and I was managing celebrities money. And I was like, this is not fun. (laughs) So, cause, I'm like, how could you make so much money and not have a single dime in your account? It didn't make any sense to <laughs> oh, me. <boy. laughs> so yeah, so I felt like I was babysitting a lot of the time. Um, so I left that pretty quickly. And then I um, did, took the private route. So I continued private is when you're like an accountant in, ha- in house in a company. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then I went to start off as a staff accountant, which is pretty much the lowest tier. Um at a furniture company and I loved it because I was getting a lot of um, experience and then I came to where I'm at now. So that's kind of my (laughs) progression.
1: Yeah, quite the journey. That's funny. You would think, or just at least in my brain, you would think if someone has a larger amount of money that there's more to do, but I guess there's the whole... Uh, people with wealth not talking about money or thinking it's taboo or something, but that's such a luxury because people without, because I grew up, you know, without money and you got to talk every single day. And so you kind of learn budgeting by default. So that's interesting to be reminded that, you know.
3: Yeah, and I didn't, It's it was funny because the way I grew up, my mom was a single mother. You know, she worked nights. I had nanny, uh, yeah. a nanny, a living nanny. And I will always remember as an adult, now my mom's saying like, you know, I had to save, 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 and you've never asked me for saving tips. Like Mm -hmm. how, why? (laughs) That's something I can give you, right? Um, And so it was always this weird, like, dynamic or or conversation. And I, but, but she did teach me, though, when I was, you know, in grade school that I only had $150 for new clothes each year. That was it. I mean, mm-hmm. if I went a penny over, I had to do some chores. I had to like figure out how I was going to, you know, get the right. new vans that I wanted if I wanted them. <laughs> <laughs> and so <laughs> those new like vans. California. Get your new vans, yeah. Oh, what? Or whatever, <laughs> <shoot>. a... combers, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> and so uh, that, I think that was her way of teaching me. How do you budget, right? How do you yeah. start instilling these these skills? Because she's had, you know a rough life. So, um, I don't think she wanted me to have that too, you know? Yeah, of course. Lorraine, what about, uh,
1: yourself just growing up? What kind of foundation in your financial education did you learn before school, just in family in general?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, for my experience, my parents were actually very responsible individuals in a sense that I think like I always got that idea of how, how much it costs to get, sorry, not much because, but how hard it is to work to get that money. So my parents always taught me that. And I remember when I, there was a summer that I told my mom like, oh, like back in Dominican Republic, you used to do a lot of like uh, group or friends travels and it's within like the Dominican Republic. So you will go to like Punta Cana, for instance, and then you just Mm -hmm. go with your friends. And I remember I told her about this, and I was like, oh, I wanna go to this trip, and um, can you guys give me the money? Like, it will be fine, it's not that much. And I remember she told me, you wanna go there, you better work for it. And I had Mm -hmm. to take, I had to take this kind of like summer um, internship work, and I used to work at a shoe store. And I remember it being a really difficult time for me because it's a lot of sales like involving that. And right. um, at the end of the day, I got the money. I went to the trip. And I think the lesson learned there is that you need to work hard to get, you know, what you need or what you want. And um, my mm-hmm. parents were always like reasonable in that sense and always taught me the value of, you know, your hard work and being responsible. Yeah. Um, for and how passion. old was that again? I was like eighteen. <laughs> okay, funding your trips at 18 absolutely, level. and that's like just like for fun, right? But there's Great. other instances that obviously, um, I don't know. I, got, I had yeah. really, really good um, help from my parents in that sense. So yeah, that's awesome. Love it.
1: Okay, well, I'm curious to know about. I just slap hygiene at the end of everything, like sleep hygiene hygiene so there's financial hygiene right so um when you look out just kind of touching on the the DEI thing again in general or even just in your own communities when you look out into your own people or just like around you what are the main financial hygiene errors that you see in your community like what are some some bad habits that you look around you're like "Ooh, this is easily fixable but everybody's doing it why
3: I can, I can take this one on. So, um, oh <laughs> uh, so, you know, contrary to popular belief, my friends all don't, uh, it's kind of funny cause a lot of them aren't really in their careers yet. Um, mm-hmm. they're just kind of doing, um, what you would consider like, you know, one of my really good friends is a temp. Um, and so one of the, the, so we always talk about finance and we always talk about how could she better her tomorrow, right? Um, But a lot of the things I see is people ignoring, just ignoring completely (laughs) their bank account, like not even being in tune with it. um, And just kind of you swipe to swipe and you don't really um, like check in, you know, check in with yourself. And so that is, I think, one of The most common things, but then I also think is that we're such a culture that we just want to consume, consume, Mm consume, and so I think it's it's a bit hard, right? But you, we need to start changing that narrative um, that we don't need to consume, right? That it's okay to shop at a thrift store. It's okay to um, not have a Starbucks coffee and drink instant coffee, right? It's okay to do these things, and you're not any less for doing them. Mm-hmm. So um, those are the, my two biggest things that I see all the time. I don't know, Lorraine, do you have any
2: Yeah. any oh, other little things? Can you guys hear me? I'm so sorry. I can, yeah. Uh, oh, hello. Okay. Um, <laughs> um yeah, and to go with what Celeste just said, um I think there's these idea also of unattainable goals. Like making sure that you are being realistic with yourself, like what's your income, what are your actual expenses. Um, getting familiarized with those expenses, like a lot of people don't really go into their bank accounts or their credit cards and analyze what are these expenses that I'm, I'm, that are costing me the most, right? Like yeah. I think getting into the habit of having a love a love relationship, with your money and Mm -hmm. um, getting more familiarized with it. Um, I also think like, I'm a true believer of micro savings, um, like transferring $1 every month, if you can, or like in a daily basis to your savings account. I think like there's a lot of um, banks or like companies that have the ability to do that, for instance, like, every time I make a purchase with my debit card, I make sure that $1 goes to my savings account. Mm-hmm. And I know that maybe in the moment, you don't see that change, but in the long run, it does make a difference um, to start saving. So it's like, I feel like it's it's like those small changes that you make rather than just making significant um. Changes like oh, I'm gonna reduce all my discretionary expenses like uh, 50%. That's definitely not realistic. Um, okay. So like slowly getting that gradual, um, I don't know, improvement yeah. could could help you significantly and and make you feel motivated as well, right? Like there's nothing else than like seeing yourself and the progress that you've accomplished. Um, so keeping that in mind and yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, that's, that's so important to keep that in mind. It's like just the general psychology of money, right? It's not yeah. the, your psychology and and your relationship with money and your willingness to be in a vulnerable, honest conversation with your bank totally. account and your yeah. finances.
1: And so, Celeste, you had one more more
3: thing to do, but like Sarah, finished uh, your yeah. thought. But. It's okay. Yeah, No, um, I was just going to say that, it, you know, when it comes to budgeting and things like that in in your relationship with money it's not linear like this thing is not linear and you know to echo you sarah is that like it's you have to be in a place of vulnerability when you're looking at your money um why because unfortunately money is what runs the world right it dictates if you're going to eat tomorrow it dictates if you're going to have a place to stay dictates if you're going to have clothes on your back um but it's also a beautiful thing, right? You can help a lot of people if you have excess yeah. income, you can, you know, you can do change, you can do good. Um, and then really you have the power to support places, causes, um, and things that you that you align with your values, right? So um, yeah. I think it's, yeah, to your point, Sarah, it's changing your relationship and being vulnerable with that and having the space for that.
0: And, and, and then just time Yeah, time, <laughs> the time there is, you go <laughs> you know, how much time it actually takes it's not you said our you said at the beginning our instant gratification and in wanting things to change uh like overnight or just swiping for swipe you know just not even thinking about it so the time if you it was it's so easy to get in that uh dig yourself into that hole for example but mm-hmm. it's going to take it's quick to get in but it's it's time to
1: get out. Yeah. Yep. I especially like the uh, the reminder of micro savings because that uh, is a solution to a lot of people who, you know, sometimes having a, a savings account is a little bit of a luxury for people who are living check to check. Mm-hmm. But if you think about it as, you know, that $1 a day, suddenly, you know, you could, a lot of people can, can find that. And so you could build that incremental habit until you're in a place where you could you know, start to put in more.
2: Yeah,
3: yeah and I want to and add, oh, sorry. Yeah, no, i sorry. Yeah, and I was going to say that <laughs> it
2: builds your confidence, right? Like, I feel like when you make this, when you achieve these small goals, builds your confidence, and then you're willing to make bigger changes in the future, right? So just mm-hmm. to keep that in mind that, um, like, I'd rather, I'd rather reduce my expenses if I have to. Like, let's do it like 10% of my monthly expenses to start from there or 5%. But like you said, Bernie, sometimes like it depends obviously with your limitations. And that's when you have to be realistic as of like, what is your specific lifestyle? What's your specific situation and not compared to others because they might have a completely different path from yours. Um, yeah. And just being realistic with what your situation is and, and target those areas where you feel like, it needs
1: more improvement. For sure. And then to Celeste's point with the consuming habit that we tend to have as a culture, um, that's why, you know, not to speak for Sarah, you could of course touch on it, but we're <laughs> really into the idea of arts enrichment and just in adult lives and student lives because that empowers people to create, right? And that's one of the I guess, one of the antonyms of consumption, like you don't buy the coffee, you make the coffee, you don't Mm -hmm. get the new trends of clothes, you create a trend and you get it for $7 at a thrift store. And like, there's all these creative solutions to not always be spending or not spend on the thing that you feel like is default.
0: Yeah. And I, I guess to add to is in, in why I wanted to have this conversation is I think about my narrative my personal narrative that I used to carry as like being an artist and like I'm a broke artist for example Mm um you know quote unquote unquote, (laughs) and, and, and how that that negative narrative a lot like really shaped the decisions I was making you know burning yourself at both ends but yet still maintaining that narrative that I'm a broke artist and it's just it is what it is, you know? So um, just enable like really helping people to understand like you can change your narrative. We don't need to manifest this kind of script, this title for yourself that, you know, we can all find empowerment in, in this world of financials. And we don't, you know, we don't have to be bogged down by this negative idea of ourselves. For sure. We
1: don't have to live. And since we have so many creatives listening, and I know Celeste, I think you're about to say something, but my yeah. question after the fact is, um, since a lot of artists are freelancers and independent contractors and pretty much temps, like what are, um, I would just say one piece of information, one piece of foundation that they could take with someone, just someone in general who um, the, the steadiness of their job is always ebbing and flowing something to help keep constant.
3: Yeah, I think, um, you know, the the tips that I give my, is my really good friend, you know, who's kind of in the same um, trajectory, is really be honest about what you need. Like, what's your fixed expenses, right? Like, what yeah. is rent every month? What are, what's your car insurance? What are things that you need need? Um, and then, start planning for those things, right? And start being realistically on how to plan for those things. So it's like, okay, if I have a a gig that I'm making $3,000, you know, maybe I should save some of that for my future rent, right? Because I don't know where I'm going to be at or what if I'm going to have another gig. So I would say that. And I think also too, one of the other things that I want to touch on for micro savings is if you, have cash and you put the change in a change, you know, like bucket or whatever, that's micro saving, right? So if you, um I know something that helped a lot of people that I know also too is like the envelope method, right? It's like you pull out the cash you need, you have it in every envelope and then you start saving that way. Um, there's a, there's a lot of information online about it. Um Yeah. But that would be another tip that I would have um, for gig workers is maybe trying different methods of um, of budgeting, right? That's not always just like an Excel sheet or you right. writing it down. Um, because a lot of people are visual learners. So um, if you have it visually in front of you, like, okay, $1,000 for rent, okay, this and this, you know, and it's separated, then you, you tend not to like swipe, right? Yeah. Um, I know that was kind yeah. of all over the place, but I hope...
1: No, no, that was was all great, all relevant, lots of of gems. Thank you, thank you.
2: Yeah, and to add to what Celeste just said, um, I think like trying to build that. what she's, I believe she's trying to say that emergency fund, some sort of like three to six months um, emergency funds for like, okay, if I need to pay rent, if it's like utility, what are your regular needs in a monthly basis? and making sure that you have at least something saved just for that. Um, I do, I think there's also this famous like budgeting rule that is going around, like see if you can split your your income between like this three different roles, which is like 50% should go to needs, right? Like rent, utilities, um, any sort of like basic groceries, um, transportation. Um, then like, oh, if if you can put 20% to savings, right? Um, making that sacrifice and then 30% to whatever discretionary expense you have. Um, in my opinion, I, I personally think that people should be doing some sort of 40% in savings, but of course it depends on your realistic um, situation. Um, yeah. And just, you know, try to save, like like I said before, micro savings, like try to do that small effort to slowly build your net worth. And um, I think going back to what Sarah said, like that mindset that people sometimes might have when they are like independent workers, right? Or in the art field of that constant thinking of like, am I like I'm broke or I'm not doing this Right. Like maybe start thinking, like change your mindset, start thinking less about the things that you have done wrong and then start feeling better about like, you know, you striving and striving to do better. And I think a a good mindset is also a starting point to get to your final goal.
1: Definitely. Definitely in
3: the speak life camp. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. I would also say, could I just say one other thing? Uh, you know, I my I keep going back to my really good friend because we, keep, we have these conversations all the time. But um, mm-hmm. one thing that she was like, where do I start? It's so daunting. You know, like, how do I even do this? And I'm just <laughs> like, I just look at your bank statements for three months, your credit card statements and say, mm-hmm. okay, what was necessary and what was not necessary, right? Was right. that Starbucks necessary? Maybe it felt necessary in the moment, but really mm-hmm. it wasn't, you know, it wasn't necessary mm-hmm. and then what are your fixed costs right what are things that you can't change so you know you're going to have utilities you know you're going to have this that and that um and a fixed cost I would also argue is food right yeah. like how much do you spend yeah. for food on an on average on a three-month average too much so guilty pleasure. <laughs> yeah. um, but that's exactly how how I I told her to start and actually she's now built her savings. Um and awesome. you know she doesn't she you can argue that she lives paycheck to paycheck. Yeah. Um but she at least has something and that that makes her feel good, you know. Yeah. Um yeah. and it's empowering. Yeah. For sure.
0: Yeah. I think that's so important. Just start looking at everything as your starting point and 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 just put it all on the table and and go from go off from that starting point.
1: Um, yeah. So I wanna kind of delve into, since we do have some DEI kind of involvement here, how are we addressing pay inequality? And how does that kind of factor into, like what is the push forward toward getting closer to pay equality while still keeping these budgeting things in mind?
3: Yeah. So I would, um, this is hard because it's not, right. you know, everybody it's does it differently. Issue, but- yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, but I think that the beauty in the times right now is that everybody is focused on it, right? It's on everyone's yeah. radar and it's, a, everybody knows it's a problem. So I would say that that is a standing point, right? That is something that you have a leg up on. So if you, um, and then I think another thing is too, is that money is taboo, right? Like I, mm-hmm. it's funny because I tell her and I'm like, oh, I make this, oh, I make that. And I have no problem with saying how right. much I make, but other people do. It's such a big problem and I, I can't quite understand it, um, but mm-hmm. I respect it, right? So <laughs> I think it's changing that that again changing the narrative to talk about like well how much do you make right right well you know we're um, using Glassdoor for example to to see what other people are making in your area I mean people are very transparent when they're anonymous so mm-hmm. um, you know using that tool and then having a real conversation and being at a place of vulnerability um, with you know your higher ups right to say like hey. Yeah. <laughs> you know uh this is all that i do and how could i you know get to get get to x y and z or just flat out ask um mm-hmm. but i think that takes a lot of courage because i think i mean for me as a woman right mm-hmm. uh, and it happened to be latino or latina i guess in this situation is that it's i have other barriers right is that i'm yeah. a woman in finance okay and then I'm Latina. Right. So it's yeah. like those three things. You know, it's, my struggle is a lot different than most. I have Chavez in my name, you know, so it's kind of hard, especially in my own culture um, to, t- to like put yourself out there and say, Hey, like I'm, I, I want more and I deserve it because, right. you know, I have my own cultural traumas. <laughs> yeah. So um I think, I think it's, I think though is is coming at it with an even playing field because people respect that. Um, And so, and and then realizing that right now you're in a good place to do that. Right. I think the only thing that we have here is the pandemic. A lot of companies are like, you should be grateful you have a job. And I'm like, Oh "Mm,
4: Oh, no,
3: that's not really. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't think that that's, um, but I mean, that could be part of the conversation, right? People can feel guilty for even having a job and they don't want to ask for more because they're in fear that they're going to lose their job. And so, Mm -hmm. um, but if you're going to get fired for asking for more, right. Then there's a lot more serious issues there and, you know, and that should be dealt with separately. (laughs) It should be two different conversations. Um, that's those are my tips that's what i would say and that's a lot of what we're seeing right a lot of like the the um the literature that i'm reading a lot of the podcasts i'm listening to is like hey let's let's have a real conversation let's see what we're at i mean even talk to a recruiter to say hey this is how much i'm making is that industry average i've done that multiple times in my career uh-huh. Um And they're like, no, you could be making more, right? Um, Okay, well, then have them give you tips on how to do that, right? Mm-hmm. They're really good about negotiating salary. So have them say, okay, well, you know, what have you done? What were you hired for? And then how could we meet at this, at this pay that the, 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 the desired pay? I'm sorry. Yeah, so that yeah, is my rant on that <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, that's all really good stuff I, that's new but having the conversation with the recruiter more in depth is more of an insight yeah. for me so yeah that's all really great Thank and I'll,
2: yeah I'd love to add to that um if you don't feel comfortable asking within your company right like Celeste says no not everyone is willing to have that open conversation um something that I I feel like I try to nourish is to have that or build that network, like ask your colleagues, like your previous coworkers, how are yeah. they doing? People with similar um, position that you have currently or, or similar work that you're doing and yeah. making sure that you have a conversation and, and ask for advice, find that mentor, maybe that could guide you um, to the right path and, and yeah, having more open conversations, but it, when it comes to inequality within or like men versus women, like salary gap, for instance, that is pretty well known and spoken about, um, is that I think also when you are, for instance, like looking for a job or trying to, let's say, incorporate in a new company, I think looking at the diversity within that department is also a really good indicator. Mm -hmm. Um, Like Celeste said, like I'm also Latina. I'm looking for a team, right. That has a little bit of diversity that it's not like predominantly um, male or like there's a a little bit of balance um, or people maybe from different nationalities. So I can like truly connect as well. And um, yeah, continue doing your research. There's so many platforms out there as well um, that will give you the range of your salary and definitely know your worth um, and try to fight for that and see like based on your your experiences and what you're capable of, trust that and then try to deliver that if you're like asking for a salary increase or looking for a new job or things like that.
3: Just to echo really quick, what Lorraine said is that salary range So a lot of companies are doing that now, right? Like if you are this level, this position, or they're working towards getting that. And I would say, it doesn't hurt to ask, right? Could I have the salary range of my department for my title? And I think that that's a really good starting point too. Totally. Awesome.
1: So we're going to get into what we call our mindful groove. And all that is, is just, Whether you're facilitating an exercise or just simply sharing um, something about how you mindfully care for yourself. And it could have to do with financial or not, but whoever wanted to start off with that, we can do some mindful grooving.
3: you
2: want know to go, <laughs> Like, am I muted again? <laughs> um, yes, yeah, so I think, like, for me, it's just trying to find that time during the day to feel completely disconnected from work. I think, you know, with the pandemic happening and a lot of people just working constantly over 10 hours, right? In your home, there's not truly a separation from work and your personal life. Just finding that space throughout the day to take maybe 10 to 15 minutes break, go for a walk. At least that works for me based on my personal experience. But um, something that, you know, I recently discover is, you know, um, static dancing. Yeah. And to me that is incredibly helpful in a personal level of my life even if i'm having a really bad day i just literally put my headphones on i put a positive music i start dancing i close my eyes i don't care if people or neighbors see me looking like a crazy person (laughs) and it immediately just connects like immediately you connect with yourself and i think like just keep that in mind to be present, be kind to yourself, think about your mental health and how can you become a better person, right? Um, Yeah, I mean, here and there, if you, whatever works for you, right? Like I also enjoy doing yoga or practicing yoga. Um, And if I can, on a rough day, I'll do Pilates or like, who knows, I'll just go for a run. So like try to find that space during the day um, to just, Feel relaxed and present because it's really, really important.
0: What's on your positive
2: playlist, Lorraine? <laughs> oh, I have. Um, I follow this Spotify playlist. It's called "Have a Great Day." <laughs> Aww. Aww. And it's a lot of like um, old school songs, pop songs. So it's pretty satisfying. <laughs> nice. To to Love those. Um, those uh, yeah. Those
0: playlists on Spotify. Yeah. yeah. Okay.
3: I'm thinking about switching because I have Apple Music and I just don't get that access. (laughs) Yeah, Apple's just like, here's the
1: music. Bye. Spotify's like, I know you. Here's a bunch of lists of songs and podcasts that you love. Absolutely.
2: Or you listen to the song. Here's a whole playlist we built based on that genre. And like, Yeah. yeah, pretty
3: cool. They're getting
1: better. Okay, when I first started. That's true. I always have to translate and send my friends Apple music because I know that's the majority <laughs> of what people use,
3: but <laughs> less. It's just so convenient. Yeah, for <laughs> me, um a little bit different. I'm a very social creature. Mm-hmm. So, you know, having this pandemic is just strange for me. It's uh-huh. so one of the things that I try doing is I love cooking. Um, I love you know, I have my bubble of people and I love just cooking for other people. That makes me so, you know, extremely happy. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but just the act of cooking for me is just like, that is my groove. I love just like, yeah. you know, being in the kitchen. Um, but then also too, um, you know, when I go to go to sleep, I, I often use um, meditations. So like breathing, um, that I just learned about. It's actually very amazing if nobody's done it before. Um, so those are the kind of things that I do. Um, I'd like to say when I'm at my house in my apartment in LA with uh, my Peloton. I like to hop on my Peloton. Yeah. Um, but I don't always have access to it <laughs> depending on where I am in California. So those are just my little tips. Awesome.
1: Yeah. Well, before we wrap up and go out into our separate worlds, uh, where can the mindful grooving community find you out in the world or on in the internet? Uh, we could start with Lorraine.
2: Absolutely. Um, you can find me, guys. I don't even think I know my Instagram, so you can cut this. <laughs> no, but you can find me on Instagram at Lorraine MRV. Um, and maybe if you want to connect through LinkedIn, need additional tips, or just want to have a conversation, just hit me up through there. Um, yeah.
3: Cool. And for me, I'm actually working on getting a website being built. So, um, for now, yeah, (laughs) for now I am at Celeste Isabel Co on Instagram and, uh, feel free. My, my page is open um you'll see another side of me on there yes.
0: <laughs> talk about us uh, so a quick just briefly the some of the creativity that you're uh, expressing on on the gram <laughs>
3: yes. yeah so at the beginning of the pandemic I um I thought it was I think that like you know I've always had this weird relationship with social media in the sense that people try to be like portray themselves as perfect and mm-hmm. so um the beginning of the pan the beginning of quarantine, I guess, the first quarantine, I was like, man, I, I have to be creative. This is driving me crazy. So I started being imperfectly perfect um as a bedroom series Ooh. on my Instagram. So that was kind of like the behind it. And so I just do a bunch of like scenes in my bedroom on my bed that is just totally bizarre. And um they're pretty good. It. I take, I take the picture. I've I've been on a hiatus though because I am trying to work on the background stuff, which is like branding and right. getting my um, website up and going and things like that. Um, awesome. Which I don't have a launch date for that. But well, everybody, watch imperfectly perfect in the meantime. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and it's been so great. Seriously, you both have given. Amazing, not only tips, but insight and empowerment and motivation. So, yes. hopefully, everybody listening feels those same vibes. Definitely supplied them to myself and I'm sure Sarah.
0: Yep. Yep. For sure. For sure. Thank you yeah. guys so much for sharing your time with us. Yeah.
1: And have Thank a lovely rest Absolutely. of your day.
4: Absolutely. Awesome. Thank you guys you for too. having us.
1: Right. Thank you. Bye. Mindful Grooving is an Agoon Artist Collective production hosted by Sarah Mislenka and Brittany Harlan. Theme song produced by Kenneth Leftridge. Show engineered by Josh Luis. If you want to hang out with us after the show, follow us on Instagram at mindfulgrooving or head over to mindfulgrooving.com see all the platforms we offer the pod on and check out more you productions. See you soon.